Welcome to Kinship. We're church sisters who share our discussions so that you're encouraged to deepen relationships in your local church. Hello, ladies. We are in person in mass in Bethany's apartment. So we're here to record in person because our Zoom ones were uh, becoming a little dull. So <laughs> here we are. We're here to talk about um, when you don't have kinship. Mm. But first, we have a question. Francis and Bethany, what is a memory that you have? It could be funny or good or a bad memory, I guess, with your best friends. It could be from your childhood or currently. Okay. Um, it's not funny and it's not even interesting, but it's more of like walk down memory, memory lane. Cause remember those little, and they still have them, those little hearts that like say best friends and then you, oh, yeah. yes. And they, then like, they come together. apart. Oh. Yeah. And then you give it to your best friend. What were you talking about? Sorry. <laughs> like the sweet candy. <laughs> <laughs> no, not oh, yeah. the sweet candy. Like the charms or something. That yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So that was something like I would hold dear like I remember a friend gave me her other half Mm -hmm. and I was just so ecstatic and I like love that necklace so much so I'm that's all it's pretty dumb (laughs) (laughs) told you I told you it was gonna be dumb you did I knew it I knew it okay um this is yeah my good friend until like I was 11 and when we moved but we used to see each other all the time so our way of, like, saying see you later would be, like, we would just say see you on the day that we were going to see them next, but shorten it. So it'd be, like, see you on the twos, see you on the wheds, <laughs> see you on the fry. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? That's our thing. Like, see you on the twos. That's the one I like the best. See you on the twos. See you on the twos. I really <laughs> like that, actually. I'm going to start using that. that. I'm going to start, see you on the suns. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I love it. Okay, mine are, we would have sleepovers often, and um, the hottest song that was out, we would choreograph a full dance to it. Oh, man, Alyssa. I knew it. I knew it. So we would all take a verse, like a solo, and then, you know, have a group choreography for the chorus, and so... My favorite was to the Backstreet Boys song, Larger Than Life, of course. And I had this big, giant balloon microphone that I won from the fair and just holding it out for hitting that last note um, was my star <laughs> moment. So, yeah, we were each other's backup singers and dancers, and it was great. So those are mine. Yours always involved, like, some kind of synchronized yeah. dance yeah. or something like that. I don't know. It does. It okay. does. I was really proud. <laughs> Um, anyway, so tonight we're going to be talking about when we don't have kinship. And so we know um, within churches, sometimes it's difficult to have close friendships with other women. Or even if you do have close friendships, sometimes you have conflicts within that friendship. So we're here to talk about that. Okay, so ladies, let's start with this first question. What do you do when you feel like you're not being understood by anyone in the church? Like when we feel misunderstood? Yes. Or no one can relate to you. Mm-hmm. Um, for, I, I need to process it. Like, so I basically need, um, usually it's PJ. I, I have a conversation with him or, um, yeah, usually it's PJ that I sort of have to process my feelings and my emotions because it could be I'm being misunderstood, but it also could be me that's the issue. And I sometimes can take whatever storm is in my heart and place it on um, a relationship or certain people or even the church as a whole. So, um, yeah, taking time to 
I don't do this as often as I would like, but taking time to journal, um, taking time to hear some some sermons, some podcasts that deal with hard friendships or um, feeling misunderstood or yeah. whatever conflict um, I'm feeling. And then knowing that I eventually might have to have a conversation, whether it's me asking for forgiveness right. or me just sharing um, what I'm feeling. I think on the other side of it, too, as you search your own heart, not feeling like everyone has to understand you perfectly and feeling the freedom. Um, I've actually been thinking through um, that, too, with Psalm 139, where it says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. So knowing that we have a God who understands us perfectly, and so as you wrestle through it and as, you know, you think through, should you talk to the person or not? Just resting in the fact that God knows you and people are people, so they won't understand you completely. And that's okay. They're not meant to. Right. Um, with that, do you feel that you've ever idolized a friendship or are you searching for some type of perfect friendship? What does that look like to you? Or have you had an encounter with that with someone in the church or before? Yeah, I mean, I've had friendships where I want the friendship to look and feel a certain way. And so when I don't have that, then I start to I like a throw like a spiritual tantrum, you know, just like, Lord, this is how I want this, you know, friendship to be and make me feel and, you know, vice versa. So yeah, I think in those situations, I have idolized friendship because I don't like when it's not happening a certain way. So when I'm not in control. So yeah, I think uh, the fact that I want it a certain way and feeling like if I'm not given that, um, if I'm not given the relationship that I think I deserve, then I start definitely idolizing that friendship. Oof, that hit me too. I can, I struggle with self-righteousness, so I feel I put a lot of effort in friendship, and so when I'm not getting what looks like to me the reciprocate, is that the right word? Reciprocal. Recip- what are you trying to say, Alyssa? The, the same thing back. <laughs> Whatever the more complicated version of that word is. Um, reciprocation. <laughs> I... In my heart, it becomes ugly. I can become, you know, bitter at the person, self-righteous, and um, it could come out in in different ways. But I really have to do a heart check to not find my validation and security in the person, but actual security in Christ. Mm-hmm. I think I see it in myself when I'm jealous of either other people's friendships or... Mm-hmm. Um, comparing the relationship I have with someone versus how they relate to someone else. We were yes. just talking about that today. Mm. But it's I'm wanting something out of the friendship that I feel like they're not giving me, and I feel like they're giving it to someone else, and I'm dissatisfied, and ultimately showing that I'm not satisfied in Christ and what God's giving me and seeing the beauty and the gifts that he's giving me and focused on what I'm not getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah. What's been helpful for me with this is um, Philippians 2, which is to do nothing out of selfish ambition, but um, value others above yourself um, in humility. So that's been helpful for me to preach to myself when I'm actually putting myself above other people. Mm. Um, With that, um, how do you push through when you make an attempt to be close to a friend that end up getting rejected? What's your wisdom for others or have you experienced that? 
It's so common. I feel like, mm. especially in the church, if we're trying to build meaningful relationships, we're just sinners. So, and like humans are so complex, it's not always going to go how we want it to. You know, people have different friends, they have different personalities, they have different interests, hobbies, and yeah. histories with other people. And so, yeah, just I think recognizing the humanity of everyone is helpful. Um, but then also in the church context, I think it's helpful to think through um, just, well, the verse I'm thinking of, here, I'll, I'll pull it up, mm-hmm. um, which I was thinking about recently was First Peter one twenty two, which says, since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. So... We should have a affection and love towards members of our church, and that doesn't mean we have to be equally close with everyone, but we should be striving to to love and have even a family affection towards those members in our church. And so, in the one sense, we shouldn't push it to make it happen if we're rejected, because we're all humans and we don't have to be equally close with everyone. But if there is this sense of like there's a breakdown in that affection for one another I think there is you should be pushing through there Mm -hmm. should be this sense of we are church family and we need to love each other and have this closeness Mm -hmm. um but yeah so I think you have to balance those those two sides and there can be different seasons too like in one Mm -hmm. season you may um, not be as close to a friend, but another season you could be walking closely through a trial together or carrying one another's burden yep. or rejoicing. So there could be different seasons for the amount you're close and the amount you're far mm-hmm. from one another. Yeah, I like that, Alyssa, because, I mean, we've talked about this with Pam, our um, previous <laughs> kinship. <laughs> I mean, her and I, we had like a interesting friendship in the beginning because I, I definitely felt rejected mm-hmm. from her. Mm-hmm to a point where I just had to sort of back off and just know that um, others are ministering to her and loving her a certain way in this season. So feel, I guess I would say um, knowing that there's different seasons and knowing that you don't have to be in that season with them. Like you could wait it out and just see what the Lord does with this friendship and maybe backing off. Like, And when I mean backing off, I, I don't mean like I stopped being her friend. I just knew like, it was going to be more of a of a friendship, but maybe not as deep, which was, you know, for me and for us, like depth is like a big deal, right? right. So I knew with her, I wasn't going to have that. How do you like not internalize that mm-hmm. as like, I'm a bad friend or, yeah, because when yeah. you're rejected, it's not easy. No. Like you take it upon yourself. Right. It's like I'm personally being rejected right now right which was my second point was i there needs to be a suspicion at least this is how i function i'm suspicious of myself meaning so before i start pointing out like you know it's pam's fault like why is she like i'm also suspicious of myself knowing that maybe i'm demanding too much maybe i'm asking for things that she can't give me you know so before I start laying the hammer and start saying, like, it's her fault, she's rejecting me for these, these, this is how I've tried, it's more of like, well, maybe my personality, like, maybe we're just not hitting it off for some reason. Maybe I'm too forward, you know? So thinking of things that um, is that are gracious instead of feeling like, okay, like, it's her problem. It's her fault that we're not close. 
it could be my fault too, you know? So, um, so being suspicious, I would say is, is helpful for me. Um, another thing is what could be helpful is looking at the friendship, not as something like you want, like I want this out of this friendship, as opposed to thinking of it, what can I give to this friendship? So if that means service, like how can I serve Alyssa? How can I serve Bethany? As opposed to what can Bethany give to me? I think that's a game shifter in friendships. And to add on to that, how to give to a friendship doesn't have to mean like you have to be talking to them all the time or in their life. It could be praying for Mm -hmm. them. Um, Yeah, interceding to the Lord on behalf of them. So it comes in different... others to reach out to Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. So it comes in different forms, not exactly like you being all up in their lives every day. So yeah. It could live differently. Um, how do you know when you've be, you've come across someone who could be a part of your close friend or your tribe, as Pam would say, as Francis used to say? <laughs> Is it wrong to say like you just click with the person? I think it's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. There has it has to be deeper than that. Yeah. But that's part of it. Yeah. Um, for me, and then I think, I mean, the the people who. I sense can can I can relate to spiritually too who can push me to Christ and who I can push them to Christ and who also like I mean it depends on the season of your life too right like I feel like in this season certain people God is using in my life to point me to Christ as a as a new mom and you know in those types of ways and you can relate to different people on that level as well I think. Mm-hmm. yeah I like what you said, Bethany, because I really do think seasons are also um, key in friendships because sometimes you're going to have close people in a certain season that they might not be as close to you in the next season. And you sort of have to be okay with that. Um, I know, Alyssa, like you're more of like the friendship till the end, till I die, you know, whereas I, I think I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I'm like, oh, yeah, you're not here. I know, Bethany, you get mad at this or you get sad about this. Oh, Don't yeah. start. Okay. <laughs> You'll say your piece. You'll say your part. Um, but, yeah, I think just knowing that we all have different seasons and friendships will will come and go and some won't some will literally last um your whole life and those are those are beautiful mm-hmm. but not holding on to them where they be like what you said Alyssa your question earlier was like where they become an idol mm-hmm. like I have to have this friendship mm-hmm. you know till you know till I die um with our church family because church membership is so um is so important and, and the, a high view of the friendships within the church, you you do want friendships within the church, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this, this is why this podcast is here, like trying to build friendships within the church. But if you leave a church, then you can take some of those friendships with you. But if you truly believe in church membership and all that good stuff, then it's going to look different when you move from one church to the other. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that all Christians need a... Um, like drop all their friends, like once you go to a new church. Right. Um, but you also have to understand, like, for instance, like someone like like us, like with BBC and the importance of the local church, that our friendships will be different. And I mean, you know, we could say it here, but even with with Pam, like we love Pam. Um, we still see her as a, as a close friend. But is it the same the way it was when she was here? No, mm-hmm. it's not, you mm-hmm. know, so... 
And I think what it does is it brings God into the picture mm-hmm. of who is God calling me to invest in now in this season versus like, who do I need to like fulfill me and satisfy me? Sure. And if God yes. calls me somewhere else, then yeah. there'll be other people that God will be calling me to invest in and be invested in. Yep. Yeah. With membership, he's given specific yeah. sisters mm-hmm. and brothers mm-hmm. to the church that you are to minister to and be friends with. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens if you don't click with anyone in your church? Do yeah. you have any advice? to someone going through that because that's hard yeah Mm -hmm. it is I mean I had that experience when I became a new believer I was at a church um I was a young believer um and they had the young adults the youth and I did not click with anyone in the youth at all so what I ended up doing is finding a ministry that I could pour myself into which ended up being the choir and it was such a sweet season because I had all these friends that were older than me. Like I, you know, I'd go to practice and I was so excited. And I had, um, I mean, I was what, 19, 20 years old. And I had, um, one of my closest friends was a couple, a young couple who had a son and they would invite me over their house. And I just learned so much of marriage watching them. Mm -hmm. And then the other man was an older man who was 50 years old that would talk about his, like, you know, his struggles, his cancer. Like, there was, like, my world opened up because of these friendships that I had with different people mm-hmm. instead of feeling like it has to be people my age or my my season of life where God just sort of forced me to have these friendships where I would have never thought I would have these type of friendships, you know? So if you don't click with certain people, then go to an ex-age group. I don't know, you know, like, find different people that maybe you just never thought you would click with or and and have a have the mentality of how can i bless this friendship how can i bless this person i think when you come with that mindset um it's going to open up a world of opportunity i like the mindset too of not feeling like the only people you'll click it with is the people in your season or mm-hmm. the exact same, doing the same exact things or the same hobbies that you're doing um, also, what's helpful is reading the Bible with other people. You guys have Jesus in common, and so if you're talking about what you learned from the sermon or sharing prayer requests or reading the Word together, I think that will spar a, a, a deep friendship because God is um, blessing both of you with His Word, and so yeah. sharing your burdens and joys together is really sweet. Yeah, and I And I think, too, like, knowing that no friendship is perfect, and so if you're striving to find this, like, perfect friend for you in the church, like, it probably doesn't exist, Mm-mm. you know, that, and, and I say that I've been in situations where I haven't had good friends in the church, and it's hard, and, mm-hmm. and I think I would have told, my, told myself back then, too, like, um, the, the perfect idealized friendship that you have in your mind probably isn't real, mm-hmm. and just start, yeah, investing with the people around you and stop comparing what you feel like you need to what you have. And and I don't think I was seeing the blessings that God had given me in that season. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that brings up a question, like, thinking back to myself mm-hmm. in that season, I feel like the church I was at had a lot of clicks. And that's such a common thing, I think, in churches, especially bigger churches and small churches, mm-hmm. any churches. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, to the point where I felt like and I, and I was shy too, but like I didn't even know how to like break through that or like how to initiate friendships. 
when it already felt like there was like it was already closed off. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have any advice for people who are in a church like that where it feels like all the friendships are already established. Maybe you're new. Like how do you break into that and mm-hmm. foster that when it feels like they're already established in their friendships? I'll just say from my experience, you're, Alyssa, you might have a different experience, but going back again to my previous example, I would say um, getting into a ministry that you're passionate about because you're going to be around other people that are passionate about that same thing. So whether it's like, say, reaching out to Bellflower and wanting to be in a city group that's reaching out to Bellflower or the music, you know, wanting to sing on Sundays, like you already have something in common with them, which is something, you know, for the Lord. So from there, um, start to, you know, try to build on those friendships. Because if you look at the church as a whole, it could be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Like, who do I go to, you know? But if you're looking at common interests or something that you want to serve people with, like if you love children, then, hey, like I'm going to start babysitting for for young couples or for married couples, then that's a way to start befriending married couples. And then guess what? You get to be blessed because you get to watch a married couple, like how they engage, how they fight, how do they bring God into their marriage, you know? So having that type of mentality of like, where do you want to serve, serve and minister? Mentality. Yeah. I'm going to keep beating that drum. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so good. I feel like that gets to the heart of it too, because it switches your mindset of like, what am I looking for? Something to serve me mm-hmm. or someone else to serve? Yeah. 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 I, I feel like if you've been hurt in the church or there's some type of barrier that you feel, another way to kind of break it is, again, I'm going to say Bible reading is helpful. Yeah. I would say just like as you observe the church, if there's something you find encouraging about a family or a sister, mm-hmm. um, I literally would just go up to that person. The Holy Spirit will help you have the guts to do it. And, ask if, you know, do Bible reading, grab a meal together. Can I hang out with your family and just kind of like, can I watch how you like discipline or teach your child? I don't know. There's just so much you can, little opportunities that you can make it feel smaller, maybe and more intimate setting versus feeling, yeah, like the church is so big. And so um, breaking it down to one-on-one, smaller group um, can build intimacy within a friendship if you've been hurt and trust. And what I like about that too, it's like, it works in any season of life. If you're single, you don't have to invite people over. You invite yourself mm-hmm. over. If you're married and have a home, you can invite the singles over. Just mm-hmm. try to find a way to make yourself a part of their lives or vice versa. But you can do it in any season of life. Yeah. You don't need all the resources right. to be able to do that. Right. So the expectations always be on the, the individual to reach out to church family or on the church, the majority, to reach out to the individual. Like the new goes, person? Yeah. I feel like it goes both ways. I feel like you have to be just so gracious and understanding because the the default is to assume the worst about people and like they're not welcoming me mm-hmm. or um, yeah versus versus being gracious and saying like okay they haven't invited me over yet but I'll I'll take that first step mm-hmm. and believe the best that they're busy or whatever you don't know what they're going through yeah and so just. If you see a need, if you see you have a need for friends or to, to build deeper relationships, or if you see someone who needs that, just be willing and to fill that while being understanding of the other party. Right. And this is the kind of the last topic I wanted to spend some time on, but 
Um, even if you've, you have a close group of girlfriends mm-hmm. that you're sharing life with regularly, what happens when there's no harmony in there, there's conflict that kind of feels like it's separating you guys? How? And we've experienced this even amongst us three. Mm-hmm. And so what are some encouragements for those who are either in that season right now or have gone through it? One, know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's normal. I mean, I keep going back to that, I guess, showing my own idolatry of don't compare yourself to others and think like, oh, mine's the worst friendship. Or it's like everyone goes through that. Even the people who look super close, you know, yeah. are going through that. Um, I would say first, I mean, what I did tonight with my <laughs> friend, <laughs> Alyssa, pray through it, mm-hmm. journal it out, you know. Try to figure out where you're coming from, what your sin is first before attacking your friends. Um, or if there's conflict with you, just be prayerful to consider your own heart, your own sin first. And then talking through it. I mean, it's like church, that's what God commanded right in Matthew 18. Like, yeah. That's what we do as a church. We try to confront and talk through things first. If that doesn't work, we can go to another trusted person in the church to bring them in to to try to work that out yeah for the sake of the body right that's what it i mean with brothers and sisters in the lord it's all about christ is the head and if we're having this division that's harming the body of christ Mm -hmm. and so to try to keep that in mind too as you're working it out it's not just between you and the person it's the lord yeah what comes to mind is um trials you get to rejoice in um, I mean, it just reminds me of uh, Philippians 4, right? Uh, 4 4, I think. I can't remember. But, um, but yeah, like rejoicing in all things. Again, Paul says rejoice. So, knowing that this trial is um, purposeful and it's something that the Lord is using you and your friends to grow in. So, maybe selfishness is being revealed any kind of sin is being revealed and being thankful for that as opposed to, oh man, like my sin is being seen, you know, because that's obviously what we struggle with, right? Like to be known, to be fully known is scary. And um, I mean, for some of us, we already feel it with our marriage, right? Like to be fully known by our spouse. Um, but you could still feel that even with deep friendships. And it, it sort of can get scary because now you're becoming vulnerable. But knowing that that's a good thing. Like, that's a good thing that you are sort of, you, you have conflict that you have to move, um, you have to move uh, forward with. So, yeah, I mean, just looking at, at it as a, as a trial that you get to rejoice in. The other thing is, um, for me, it's sort of like a badge of honor, like knowing that these women I could have, you know, beef with and know that we're going to get through this, you know. I feel like it's like a stripe on my on my shoulder, on my chest. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, like this is going to just deepen our friendship as opposed to, oh, this is going to break our friendship. Mm-hmm. And not to say like some things can't be broken. Yes, they can. Um, but usually, I mean, the, the friendships that I have with these sisters, it's like they love Jesus. They love me. Yes, sin's going to get in the way. But at the end of the day, I know like we could get through this, you know, um, and that's comforting. That's encouraging because I know the spirit lives in my sister, you know, as and, and me as well. So, Amen. And that God can even bring good out of it. Yep. It can even strengthen your relationship. Yeah. Which I feel it has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'm thankful to God for that. For sure.
right, I'm gonna wrap it up there. All right. Let's uh, thank, let's see. <laughs> who, who are we thanking, Alyssa? Who, who? Right, who? We're gonna be thanking our Bethany Baptist Church family who strengthens um, our friendship with them. We love them so much. Uh, we wanna thank our husbands who <laughs> carve out time <laughs> to watch our kids or leave us alone so we can record tonight. We wanna thank Shepherd LA. Um, anyone else before I give our Instagram handles and things like that? Okay, you can email us at uh, kinship underscore podcast. Kinship no. podcast yes. at yes. gmail. Yes, yes, kinship yes. Podcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram is kinship underscore podcast. Please follow us. Please review us and give us um, the most stars, which is five. <laughs> and I think that's it. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.